Uh, boy, it is a, it's a cool day. It's a big day. Um, I have an unpopular opinion to share. Sports, especially professional sports, are weird. Um, not the sports themselves. What I mean is that sports fans are weird. I got three people nodding, and the rest of y'all are like, Pastor, you know you're in Texas, right? Here's what I mean, okay? So it's totally okay to wear the jersey of a pro player like it's regular clothes. Like, you can go to the grocery store, especially if it's game day, and, and you look around, you see grown men and women with, with jerseys on, with somebody else's name on them. That doesn't seem weird to you, does it? But like, I like the Avengers, okay? If I went to the grocery store dressed like Iron Man, people would look at me like I was crazy, right? If I went to the grocery store dressed like Gandalf, like, I would get some side eye, right? Try going dressed as Elvis, but it's totally natural, totally fine if you're dressed up in a pro athlete costume. What is that? Now, jerseys, that's one thing, you know, and I guess that's a pretty tame version of it. But um, what you might see at HEB on game day, that, that pales in comparison to what you see if you go to the stadium, right? You got, you know, there's jerseys, yeah, but you got dudes painting their face like Braveheart. They're screaming. They're holding signs. They're waving one of those giant foam fingers. Like, you, okay, yes, yes, cheese heads. There's a hat made out of foam shaped like a giant wedge of cheese, and people slap it on their nugget. Like, seriously? You're a grown-up, right? I'm curious about the foam finger thing. Have any of y'all ever owned one of them giant foam fingers? Yeah, a few of y'all? That's weird, man. Like, like who, who thought that up? How many giant foam fingers do you think has been sold in the history of giant foam fingers? It ain't a hundred. It ain't a thousand. Is it 10,000? Is it a hundred thousand? Is there enough for the population of a small country? Like, there, there was a dude one day who was like, you know what? I got this idea. It's this, but giant and floppy, and people will buy it. Why do people do this? Why, why do they go nuts? Why do they wear giant cheese wedges on their head? Well, the reason why is that they've got this joy. They've got this excitement. And, you know, like, you put that stuff on before the game even happens. So you're not even celebrating yet. You know what they've got? They've got hope. Real hope. Maybe it's about something that's, on the whole, kind of trivial. But it's, it matters to them, right? They've got this real hope. And it's welling up in their chest. And they can't hold it in. And this finger ain't big enough for that. <laughs> right? They want the world to see it. They want astronauts to see them think their team is number one. 
And, you know, being there and cheering like that, that doesn't make you part of the team exactly. But you know what? At the same time, it's your team. Well, 2,000 years ago, give or take, the giant foam finger had not yet been invented, but you know what they had? This is what they had. And that same spirit that you say on, on game day, that same spirit, that was alive back then. The rooting and the cheering and the hope hitching, that fandom, that was around. And, and you know, so if you're a Roman, maybe, maybe you go to the Colosseum and you cheer for your favorite gladiator. That was a real thing. And they had real fans. And they were kind of nutty too. But you know who got bigger parades than, than the, the gladiators? The armies that came home victorious. The general who led them into victory. And you know who got the biggest parade of all? Caesar. Those are the people who got the ticker tape parades back 2,000-ish years ago. So when the Jewish people start having one of these parades the authorities start getting kind of nervous. After all, you know what the Jews don't have? They don't have gladiators. They don't have armies with generals. They don't have their own Caesar. They're Roman subjects, you know. They, they are underneath Rome. So if they're celebrating like this, what does that mean? Well, what does it mean? I mean, what are they up to? And, and why are they up to it? If you're, you know, people who are really comfortable with the status quo, you're going to get a little nervous about this. So what does it mean? Like, what, what are they saying? What's the point of the parade that day? What are they celebrating? It would help to know what the people are saying. And, you know, we probably picture it wrong if we picture them all speaking in unison, like we did earlier. Y'all had a script to work from, but this is spontaneous. But it is clear because in all of the Gospels that the story comes up, we do hear a word. It's kind of our special Palm Sunday word. What is it? Hosanna. And we say it in celebration, Hosanna, right? Hosanna. But it's a Hebrew word, and it's kind of a beg. Hosanna means save us. From what? What are they asking to be saved from? Now, <coughs> I'm going to grab some water, excuse me. I think... And, you know, I've been doing this pastor thing for well over a decade now. I think it's pretty typical that when we talk about what people expected, we say, well, what they were talking about is they wanted Jesus to overthrow the Romans, right, and to establish himself as, as a king, like David or Solomon back in the glory days. And, you know, that's possible. I think that was on some people's mind. After all, when... When you read the prophecies of Messiah, it sure sounds like that's what he's going to do, right? The prophecies say he's going to set the captives free. 
So if you're a Jew who's under Rome, you're thinking, finally, liberation. Prophecy says that the Messiah is heralding the day of the Lord's favor and that he'll usher in a new era of peace for Israel. So, I mean, you know, if you're a Roman subject, not citizen, that sounds like revolution, doesn't it? Them's fighting words. So you would think that the the leaders of Israel would be excited for this to happen. Wouldn't you? But here's the thing. The, the leaders of Israel actually were pretty comfortable with where they were. It's not the leaders who are throwing this parade. It's the common folks. See, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they were really concerned about the excitement that surrounded Jesus because they believed that if Caesar felt threatened, he was going to swoop in and take away what freedoms they had and he would take away whatever semblance of a nation they had. But I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of people in this crowd. And, and, and when I think about people, especially people in crowds, I don't think they necessarily think it that far down the road. I, I don't know if everybody is, is thinking about the Romans when they're saying Hosanna to Jesus. See, there, there was a reason why the parade happened this day. There's a reason why right now the Sanhedrin's laying a trap to kill Jesus. There's a reason that right now the crowds are coming to welcome him as a conquering king. Do you know what had happened? It's because of Lazarus. In chapter 11, that's the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the, jet, from the dead. And when he raises Lazarus, that's when the trouble for Jesus ramps up significantly. But it's when the hype builds up too. People aren't hyped because they think Jesus is a political figure. They love him or they hate him because he called a dead and buried man back to life. And then that man threw a party that Jesus sat at, and people came and checked out the resurrected Lazarus. If, if, a, if a man calls a dead man out of the tomb, that's front page news. And you think about it, like, if Jesus can do that, what else might he be capable of? So I want, to, I want you to put yourself in that crowd that day. Do you think everybody is crying out to the master of resurrection for political liberation? Maybe some, if it really bothered them. But, you know, I think, I think the Hosannas welling up in those men and women might cover a much broad, broader ranger, broader range, excuse me, Hosanna from oppression. Hosanna from fear. Hosanna from disease. Hosanna from a hungry belly. Hosanna from 
You fill in the blank. You know, when, um, when people made these cries of Hosanna, whatever was welling up in their hearts, even if they didn't know it, they were praying to God himself who was passing by close enough to touch. And if that would happen to you, wouldn't you want to strip off your coat and throw it in the road and wave a big stupid foam finger around? Right? I mean, wouldn't you have Super Bowl enthusiasm? Maybe you should. Maybe there's a Hosanna in your heart right now that you need to get out. What is it you need to be saved from? Depression? Debt? Disease? Today would be a good day to ask. After all, he's here right now. He is no farther from you today than he was from those crowds on that first Palm Sunday. And you know, that's one of the incredible things about Jesus. When you go see the big game, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you, okay? If you're watching in the stadium and you're cheering for your team, those players don't know who you are. And if you cheer or don't cheer, they will not know the difference. If you're at home screaming at your TV, They don't know or care, okay? (laughs) But as Jesus was riding through the crowds on that day, he heard every single cheer. He heard every single Hosanna. He knew every single person in that crowd, not just by face, not just by name. He knew what was in their heart. He knew what they were going through. And he had come not to be Savior in a general way. He, he came to be his Savior and her Savior and her Savior. Every single person in that crowd. And he knows you too. He knows where you're trapped. He hears your Hosanna. He's come to be your Savior. Now, that doesn't mean he's necessarily going to run around granting all the wishes you can make. That's not, that's not how Jesus works. But he has come and taken on the root cause of every one of your problems. The sin that's inside of you and that's all around you. That brokenness that turned the whole world against itself, that's the real enemy. That's the real oppressor. It, it, Rome is a symptom of the problem. And it was a real problem, but it wasn't the problem. Because even if Jesus showed up and kicked the Romans out, there would still be no true peace as long as sin persists. Even if he freed the nation of Israel politically, his people would still be enslaved because they were enslaved to sin in their own hearts. They would still live under tyranny because they are all under the reign of death until he fights the good fight. 
And that's what he did. He fought a fight that no one even dreamed could be won. He fought a fight that nobody even thought about fighting. He didn't fight political enemies. He fought sin, death, and hell, and he won. He did it for you. I think that today would be a good day to lift up a Hosanna. Not just for your sin, but that as well. But for wherever you're challenged, wherever your faith is struggling, wherever you're hurting, wherever the touch of Jesus could make a real difference, I want you to lift up a Hosanna today. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for being the coming king who has who has one who has taken on sin and death and one a king not just far away of a countless multitude you don't know but you're a king who has come to save each and every one of us personally as well lord there's a lot of struggles in this room i don't i don't know even a fraction of them but you do and there's not a single one of them that is beyond your reach so today lord we say hosanna We say, Hosanna, save us. Save us from our enemies. Save us from our oppression. Save us from our fears and doubts. Assure us of the grace that we have in you, that that there's nothing, not our own mistakes, not our own shortcomings or failures, and certainly nothing in the world out there that can separate us from your love, and that there is no enemy that you have not overcome. Thank you for sharing with us your victory, and we will celebrate it today and even more so next Sunday. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen.